Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Totally Uncalled For. It's your boy, Jack, with my co-host, Dinger. Yo! And our executive producer tonight, K-Mac. What's up? What up, what up, what up? All right, everyone, welcome back. Last week on the show, we were talking about uh, the Raiders, talking about fantasy. We were talking about a lot of things. We had our guest on the show, Young City Vic, and he was a great time. He had some great insight. But this week we gotta we're gonna talk about some new things. We had a great time this weekend at the Dolphins Raiders game. All ten of us, you know, things got a little heated. There was a couple unsportsmanlike conduct penalties thrown in the stands. I had to get I had to get in between a couple of the boys. Uh, things got testy, you know. But at the end of the day, we all had a great time. Dolphins got the win. The Raiders fans went home a little sour. My weekend was great, but Dinger. I heard you had a little t- a tough weekend. What what happened? I mean, besides Vic being one more one less win closer to having to eat his shorts, um, everything went terribly for me this weekend. Um, as as uh, as the fans do know, we played against each other in fantasy, and I got a little cocky and carried away with the sixteen point lead after the Thursday night game. Shout out Deuce. Um, so I I texted Jack. Half heart, well, not half heartedly. I was being serious, but I texted Jack saying, "Yo, you thought you're gonna win. Loser of our fantasy game has to bleach their anus." And you half heartedly, sarcastically agreed. Um, but if the screenshot was there, I'm getting pressure to do it. So I said, "Fuck it." I own up to my bets, and I'm gonna bleach my anus. And not only am I gonna bleach my anus, it's gonna turn the tides of my fantasy team. I'm here by playing, placing the curse of the bleach anus on you, Jack. And the, <laughs> and the curse of the bleach anus on the Vikings opponents going forward. This is going to turn the tides for the Vikings, turn the tides for my fantasy team, and I'm on the road to victory. Um, and speaking of the Vikings needing some tides yeah. turned, um, Kevin's a Bills fan. He didn't watch the game. He doesn't know anything that went on besides Josh Allen hurdled somebody for a first down. That's literally all he saw. Um, That's a fact. But – I want to get down to the game. Um, the, first off, I want to say the Bills deserve to win that game. Uh, as tr- uh, Jason Kelsey said it best, hu- the hungry dog runs faster, and it was evident off from the start that the Bills wanted to win that game more, and the Vikings were just taking them lightly. Um, it, it all started in the first half, the first, the first quarter for me. The game was basically over after the first quarter. Jeremy Hughes, who I hadn't even heard of before. Uh, that game was literally living in the backfield. He built a house, invited his friends and family over and was legit living in the backfield, had a season high season game, high 12 pressures against Riley reef. It was a complete pitiful performance, but at the end of the day, you really can't expect to win after having two back-to-back fumbles on back-to-back drive. After you give up an opening drive touchdown that was saved by another controversial roughing the passer hit. But I mean, there's one of those in every game so far. So it's just something you need to come to expect. Um, the Bills the Bills, just flat out wanted it more. They were hustling more. Um, if Looking at the box score, you would think the game would be a lot closer. But from the get-go, the Vikings were dominated on in all phases of the game. Josh Allen didn't really look good, but he didn't need to. He threw four passes in the second half, and the Vikings had the lowest rushing attempts in a game in the history of the NFL. They had six rushing attempts the whole game. It just show, goes to show you they were down so early, so quickly, 
that they just had to dig themselves out of a deep hole. And I, I don't really think many teams in the NFL would have even been able to climb out of it. I uh, actually, I don't agree with you with your, with your statement about Josh Allen, not looking that great. I mean, great. Yeah. That as a quarter, a- as an athlete, he looked great as a quarterback. Not really. I'll agree with that. He I had, mean, he had, he had two attempts past 10 yards downfield the entire game. He only threw the goal past 10, with more than 10. They're warming him up, man. He's a rookie. What, one thing that I saw, Dinger, if you'll let me get this in. One thing that I saw that really showed some promise from him is he's just a gamer. He's got this look in his eye that he just wants to rip your head off. I saw him. He was staring down linebackers and defensive backs when he was scrambling out. He was look like eyeing them down, like, come fucking get me. And he lowered his shoulder into them, didn't pull, pull all that pussy shit and slide or whatever. He was taking on the challenges and he was taking the hits. He looked great. Hurdled someone. Like, that, that was outstanding. That was some – he looked like a running back on that play. That was I mean, he's built like Cam Newton. He's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Josh Allen is very tall on the for the record. Um, and he's like 260 pounds and runs a 4740. So, yeah, I, I just think the Vikings thought he doesn't have the ability to run because the lanes were open for him this week or last week. Kev, you want to get anything in here? Yeah, the only thing I want to say is Dinger kind of discredited that uh, that hurdle because he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six or something like that. Like, the dude he jumped was 6'5", Dinger. Like, yeah, I agree. Anthony Barr, no Anthony Barr is a big – I said – he was great as an athlete, not so much as a quarterback, but he didn't need to be. He threw the ball six times in the second half. Six times. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. I appreciate you saying the, the uh, efforts what won it because I agree 100%. Um, hopefully we can carry some momentum and go Bills, baby. I mean, moving it, on. You know. it, it does. I do like the outlook on Josh Allen, though, because it shows you he, he's, he's a winner. He wants to win, um, and he'll do anything to, to get that win. So yeah, outlook I like on- that. Outlook on the Bills season, still not so good. The outlook on the Bills in the future, I think, is much better. And, and outlooks on tables in Buffalo, still not looking great either. Bills Mafia's got that under control. Gang, gang. Let's move it forward. All right, we'll talk about the Dolphins-Raiders game a little bit. Uh, Dinger, you want to hit this first? Yeah. So, as I was talking about the, the completely erroneous, blasphemous hit <laughs> That has been enacted so far this year. The NFL has gone soft. I fucking hate Clay Matthews, but he is right. He is right. <laughs> the, the hit rule, especially what happened on the Dolphins game, was erroneous. Erroneous. Um, one of the Dolphins' defensive ends, defensive tackles, he's a big guy, made a great play on a sack on Derek Carr and tried to do some, like, yoga move to try to get off of him so he wouldn't get penalized for putting his full weight on. And his leg bent in an irregular fashion, and he's torn his, he tore his ACL. And you, you sort of got a feel for the guy because he's not a big-name, big-money player, and it, this could mean the end of his career. And all he was trying to do was abide by this ridiculous hit rule. Yeah, it really is terrible. Uh, Dinger, you and I both have torn ACLs in the past, and – we both know how terrible it is and how hard the recovery is. And uh, sometimes you really don't ever come back to full strength. It's, I mean, we're in a day and age where medical uh, practices have gone a lot better. And I must say my knee feels it's full strength, but 
I'm not putting that weight on it all the time. I'm not doing those cuts and spin moves and whatever these defensive ends be doing nowadays. I'm not doing that on a daily basis. I don't know how his knee's going to be able to hold up after this long term. And like you said, he ain't a big, big – this could be the end of his career. I mean, it, it could definitely hurt him going forward in contract talks, definitely. Um, this game, honestly, it looked bad from the beginning, though, for the Dolphins. Um, they really uh, – the Raiders jumped on him quick. Derek Carr looked great. Uh, they had Beast Mode jumping over the over the fucking line in the end zone for six. Uh, it was it was looking like it was going to be all Raiders all day. And you and our guest last week, Vic, both had the Raiders as your uh, picks to win this game. And I went out on a limb and I said that I I think the odds are stacked against the Dolphins, but they were going to pull it out at home. And what do you know? They did. They pulled it out in the second half, and they looked like they were the fucking Chiefs or some shit. It was it was incredible. Um, Dinger, uh, I heard that you were you were talking about Jakeem Grant a little bit this week. Um, you said that he kind of looks like the shittier Tyreek Hill. Is is that really what you think? Yeah, he's he's the ultimate gadget player for the Dolphins. Um, for a team that loves to run, run gadget plays, I mean, you'd think that the Raiders coaching would figure it out after the first time it happened. No, they didn't. Su- surprise me. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Raiders are one of the worst coach teams in the NFL, and I don't care what anybody has to say. They have led in every fourth quarter. They have looked great in the first half. The Raiders should be two and one. The, I'm not going to say they should have won the Rams game. Um, they could have, they should have definitely won that Broncos game and they could have very easily won this Dolphins game. Um, but yeah, the Raiders, to, to key on my points about them being a terrible coach team, the Raiders had the most penalty yards in the NFL before that Steeler game. And that was week two and after week three. So that was excluding every team except for the Buccaneers and the Steelers that played. I think the Steelers may have overtaken them. But whatever, the Raiders' most penalty yards in the NFL. They looked flat and terrible in the second half again. Um, they looked good for the first three quarters. The second, the second, third quarter, they looked okay. Fourth quarter, garbage. Um, and then the performance in the red zone. I mean, a failed fourth and goal from the one-inch yard line. Like, why are you giving the ball to the fullback? You have Marshawn Lynch. Feed him. Jack, does that sound familiar? Damn right, it does. I don't want to talk about that. I mean, and then and then you get bonehead plays from Derek Carr, throwing deep into triple coverage after he does a great job to avoid a sack. He had Cook short for a seven-yard gain. Like, what are you doing throwing into triple coverage? Like, Xavier Howard is showing, like, he's not the best corner, but he's a ball hawk. He's, like, sort of like a Marcus Peters, where Marcus Peters isn't the most lockdown corner, but if you throw in his direction and he has good positioning, like, he's grabbing that ball. Um, yeah. And to be, to, I, be honest, Dinger, to be honest, Dinger, I think this game was uh, less about the Raiders and more about the Dolphins. Dolphins looked great in the second half. They came out looking like a different team. And for the first time in a long time, I don't think we've ever can, – I can't remember a time that we saw the standings in the AFC East like this with the Dolphins on the top at 3-0 and and the Patriots, Jets, and Bills all underneath at 1-2. and I don't think I've ever seen that. I can't remember the last time I saw that in my 23 years. This is incredible. Um, Dinger, uh, speaking of AFC East, Dolphins, they got a game. Patriots, I mean, I – Foxborough. Yeah, I'll, I'll, ta- I'll get to that in a second. But 
Tannehill, I just want to talk about what the Dolphins did good. Because first, I was just shitting on the Raiders. So I got to give the Dolphins some credit. Right, Tannehill, Tannehill in the first half, he looked he looked all right. Um, he probably threw the best pass I ever saw him throw to Kenny Stills in the back of the end zone. It was it was a thing of beauty. That that's a like an all star quarterback throw right there. Um, and he's up there in the leaders of pass rating this year as well. Um, he's looked pretty good. Um, coming off that knee injury, and he had plenty of time to heal because it happened in the preseason. Um, but yeah, but what I saw a lot of the Dolphins is a lot of gadget and trick plays. And I'm going to segue this into the Dolphins Patriots game. Um, Bill, I've never. I've never seen a team get burned by back-to-back trick plays that works for touchdowns, and that's just not going to work against Bill Belichick. Um, I think the the Dolphins are going to get stomped when they go into Foxborough against the Patriots. Bill Belichick is going to say, enough of this 3-0 talk. We still own this division. Um, Tom Brady is going to do his Tom Brady usual things, and I am so confident, so confident that the Dolphins will lose next week in Foxborough. I will eat fucking shit. If the Dolphins beat the Patriots, <laughs> you you heard that here. You heard that first. I will eat shit if the Dolphins eat, beat the Patriots. I will Jeez. walk out of my apartment and grab a handful of D shit, D shit on video and just shove it in my mouth and swallow. Like I'm dead ass. <laughs> I will eat. I will oh eat D shit if the Dolphins beat the Patriots. Right, well, first. at least you'll have a clean asshole while you do that because I mean you're gonna be bleaching your asshole this week, eating D shit next week. We like we like to keep it interesting for our viewers. Um, and our listeners here on the podcast. So when I make bold statements, I, I own up to them. And I'll fucking do them. So, All right. All right. Well, enough of that. Moving along, let's talk about the Seahawks and the Cowboys. I can't really think about geese shit right now. Like, let's talk about the Seahawks. Seahawks got their first win at home in September. I mean, what else is new? They really do not lose at home in September, but did it come at a cost? Earl Thomas, you saw him go over to the Cowboys uh, sideline after his second interception and give a bow. Word on the street after the game was that this uh, reopened the trade talks between the Cowboys and the Seahawks. I don't know. This defense, it's, uh, it's got a lot of young talent on the team. Don't get me wrong, a lot of young talent, but they need this Earl Thomas leader, that center fielder in, in the back there. They need him leading that defense, and they I don't know how they'll be without him. They really need to consider keeping him for the rest of the season and offering him a big check in the offseason. Uh, he just looked great. And his first interception was off a deflection. Both of them actually were. His first one, though, he had a cradle off his foot. It was incredible. It was almost uh, a resemblance of the, um, the Julian Edelman catch in the Super Bowl two years ago. It literally almost skinned the ground, went right on the top of his shoe. And he was able to run it back for a few yards. He was awesome. The Cowboys, they really couldn't get anything going in the first half whatsoever. Uh, they had a um, – they, um, they, uh, they really couldn't get anything going. The um, Seahawks defense had two sacks. Dak Prescott was running for his life most of the first half. It looked terrible. Um, penalties were killing Dallas. They had uh, – Oh, boy, they were. Like – yeah, they had a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty with five seconds left in the half, uh, allowing Janikowski to get into his field goal range. Granted, he has a almost infinite field goal range, it seems like, even at his old age. Kicked a 47-yard field goal, and the Seahawks went up 17-3 early. This game was out of reach, like, fast. 
Uh, Zeke looked great on the other hand. He, he ran for over 100 yards. I believe that was his first 100-yard game this season. But he's got to do a better job protecting that ball, Dinger. He really does. Like he, When he runs, he's got his eyes downhill, and he's just full steam ahead. But those young Seahawks defenders, they're fast, and yeah. they're catching from behind. And he punched it out, and, that, and then it was recovered by the Seahawks, and that really killed a drive. They were driving down there. They were in Seahawks territory at that point, and then they lost it. They were down, I think, two scores at the time, and then that just really killed the drive, and the Seahawks went down and uh, put the dagger in. You do crazy. see the you do see those fumbles a lot from the great running backs fighting for those extra yards, trying to get those extra few yards for on the end of the run. I mean, it happened with Adrian Peterson a lot. He would get he would be fighting for those yards, and the ball would just he wouldn't have the the points of pressure correctly on the ball, and it would just get punched out there. And it's not often that Zeke has a field day against an opposing team and and the Dallas loses. Usually it's Zeke is held in check, Dallas loses. I mean, you're right. The, the penalties killed him, but when Dak can't put the ball downfield against besides Earl Thomas, a mediocre secondary, um, he, I, I, I'm just starting to think maybe he's not the guy that they we had thought of that we had thought he was. Yeah, he's good when he's surrounded by a lot of pieces, but he, is is he the guy who's going to go out and win you that game? I, I'm not really sure. And and to point on Earl Thomas, Earl Paul Thomas is from is is from um, Texas. Um, he grew up a Cowboys fan. Um, I know he grew up outside of the Houston area, but Houston hadn't really had a franchise when he was younger. So that I believe that's why he was uh, a, a Cowboys fan. But yeah, he uh, last year after when they played the Cowboys, he ran ran up to him and told him like, "Come get me." And I think he was showing out last week because he really wanted um, – he wants to go to Dallas. He, he wants to play for them. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how much longer Old Thomas is going to be on the team. Um, I think a lot of it is about money. But are you really going to pay an aging safety that much money? Um, He's 29 years old. You lock him up for the rest of his career and you pay the man. You, you see what he's done. He's had like four or five picks this year in three games. I mean, I, I'm not sure the number off the top of my head, but I do think I Earl Tom, Thomas is is one of the top five safeties in, paid-wise in the league. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. I mean, hey, yeah, man. he's got a four-year, $40 million contract. Uh, I believe Harrison Smith's contract is uh, is is a little bit higher than uh than his but i mean harrison smith last year was the best safety in the league yeah harrison smith is making pretty much the same amount of money five years 51 million so i'm not sure where the the quals are for earl thomas but i mean enough of this game um let's get on to the next game 49ers chiefs hey man it's unfortunate about jimmy g but they had two young studs at qb going at it yeah, it was a, a great QB's performance for the um, majority of the game before Jimmy G went down. It's really tough to see. I mean, he had a bright future. The, the 49ers just paid that man his check. And then in week three, he goes down with an ACL for the whole season. That's just tough, tough. It really hurts a lot of the players on this team's fantasy value. hurts a lot of these, this team going forward in a, in a really tough division with the Rams, the super team that they are. It doesn't look good for the 49ers going forward. Yeah, I mean, originally when you looked at it in live speed, it looked like it was it was a contact injury, and 
you sort of just get mad at Justin Houston for hitting him. But after watching it in slow motion, I mean, one, he should have just gone out of fucking bounds. Like, you're, there's no play to be made. You're not scoring a touchdown on that play. It's fourth down. You get another shot on it the next play. Like, we get it. You're trying to make the comeback. But, dude, you're, you're the $146 million franchise centerpiece of this team. And now, and now they're, they're going to be bottom three of the league. I don't see them winning many more games this year without them. And it's just – it's very sad to see. But I wanted to talk about Mahomes. I mean, that touchdown he had where he fall, he's he sees the pressure coming, he goes, he does a Tony Romo spin right, left, and then goes back, does another spin the other way, runs forward, and then throws a fucking missile in the corner of the end zone. Like, right into the fucking wide receiver's hands. And then touchdown. Like, that was just a great play. But is it a play he's going to be able to make in the playoffs? I don't know. It's September. I like seeing these plays. But, I mean, it's we're only three games in. Right now, he's my MVP. I think he's everybody's MVP. But we got to see. And especially – I think the Chiefs could be a Super Bowl contender, but their defense is trash, to simply put it. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. And, I mean, with uh, Mahomes at the helm playing as he is – I really don't see anyone stopping this offense. They're so high-powered. It's uh, quite incredible. But um, I have something I got to talk about here. Dinger, I know you got a couple things you want to chime in on, but what is with athletes dating porn stars? If she's on Pornhub, stay away from her. She's just bad juju. Jimmy G, this offseason, he was seen with Kiara Mia, former porn star, or maybe even current porn star. She looked a little bit old, honestly. Her daughter is her daughter is fire. Her daughter. Yeah. She claims that everything she touches turns to gold and that Jimmy G was gonna have an MVP year. And week three, he's down with a torn ACL. We have a few other uh quarterbacks and athletes that have uh gotten sacked up with some porn stars in the past and they had a little tough turn in their career. Um recently Deshaun Watson was seen hanging out with um Mia Khalifa last year. She uh she has a storied Hall of Fame porn career. She's a uh and then a potential future Hall of Fame quarterback. This could go down in history as one of the worst injuries caused perhaps caused by this porn star. I I really can't believe it. I mean granted Deshaun Watson has come back but he has not been the quarterback he was last year that's for sure couple more examples. We have Tiger Woods. We all know about his past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jocelyn James star, starred in uh, Brothers Who Loved Mothers 1. She didn't really make it to the sequel. But um, after this whole incident, uh, the divorce, the fallout, he couldn't activate the glutes for 10 years. <laughs> it was it's crazy. Um, and lastly, the last one I wanted to touch on, the guys aren't the only ones that were finding themselves in some trouble with some porn stars. Jennifer Capriati, a tennis star back in the day. She was dating Dale DeBone for five years. And recently, she was found overdosed on prescription pills. Gotta lay off the Zans, man. These athletes, they're, they're doing themselves a disservice by getting themselves in with the wrong crowd, I think. And the porn industry, if you see her on Pornhub, if you see her on XXXTube or any of those other... You porn, websites, reality kings, you porn, uh, all This of is them. free marketing for all those sites now, Dinger, but 
If you see them no on free their ads. site, no free ads. Don't go after them in the streets. We do not love these girls. We Stay don't love these away. hoes. It's ridiculous. It is quite ridiculous what these girls have caused. They are the downfall of mankind. They're disgusting little girls. Why are they doing this? Okay, well, I wouldn't go that far. Um, All this porn talk has intrigued me, so I'm going to give you guys my top five power rankings of porn stars. Dun, 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 dun. Coming in at number five. We have Athena Palomino. Oof. Yeah. So the thing with Athena Palomino is lately I've, I've sort of become desensitized to her because I follow her on Instagram. So I see her without makeup, without the glitz and glamour. But there's something about just finding that, por- finding that porn star. Like you feel like you're the person who discovered her, showed her to all you boys that just has like a special place in your heart. And, and that's how I feel with her. I saw her on you porn. I saw her on Girls Do Porn, which is a great series, by the way. Um, and I was like, this girl is going to be a star. Next thing you know, she's starring in Vixen films, a bunch of stepbrother, stepsister stuff that's just all over Pornhub. And um, yeah, she she's my number five. Wow, yeah, she's a up and comer in the in the industry. I would say for sure. That's a great pick. Yeah, she's she's uh, auditioning for the cover of Maxim magazine. Get your uh, get your votes in, guys, viewers, everything. Check her out. Um, so so next, um, I needed to put a little bit of diversity into this uh, top five. So we have Tiana Trump. She's a light skin. Um, she's got a fat ass. Um, nice tits. She's overall really good. Um. In her scene, she seems like it seems like sort of real. And the best part about this is that she was arrested and spent five days in jail and isn't allowed to smoke for five years. She was arrested with six pounds of marijuana while while in Oklahoma. Yeah, and it's funny because she's she's big in like the black like the black Twitter and whatever universe. And whenever she got out, there was like a bunch of people with like free Tiana Trump signs like as she was as she was leaving the prison or jail or wherever the hell she was but yeah uh i i her downside to me is she's not she doesn't have really that many videos available uh, she's in that whole realm of like the only fans where you have to pay to see her like sucker boyfriend's dick and shit like that and like i'm not always down to be paying for multiple memberships on multiple sites so I hear you there. That's you get expensive, right? You got to pay to play, dinger. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming in at number three, we have Lana Rhodes. So oh yeah, Lana Rhodes is my favorite. As appearance-wise goes for a porn star, I don't know if it can get much better. She has a humongous ass, and she's a great performer. She knows to have throw that shit back. She can gargle on a cock like no other. <laughs> um, but. She does have her downsides. One, she's dumb as fuck. Like, I follow her on Instagram, and her stories and her voice are just, like, ridiculous. So, like, I sort of don't really like watching the scenes where she's not immediately sucking on a dick. And it, like, has a story built up because she, she's not real good when in the story build up. Like, I don't really believe that that's actually her stepbrother or I don't really believe that that – like the stuff that's going on, you know, she's a terrible actor. I'm um, she's beautiful, which 
is why she's in porn and not in acting. Um, sometimes you look at a girl and you're like, how shitty of an actor does this girl actually have to be for her to like be starring in porn? Yeah, uh, that is definitely a downside, I would say, because for me, it's all about that story and that buildup. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, and, come on. and she also has that tattoo on her ass with a heart. And I don't know if it says John, Jen, or Jan, and it really pisses me off because I, I want to know what it is. Like, is it a boyfriend? Is it a girlfriend? Or I, I, I don't know what it is. So that, that really confuses me. But speaking of talking about building a story coming in at my number two we have kimmy granger i don't know if you know about her i was talking to you about her earlier jack and and you really didn't didn't know much about her but talking about building a story and performing she's smaller doesn't have the fattest ass the biggest tits but boy like every time she talks like i believe everything is true that's going on that like this isn't some production event with like 14 people with different cameras and multiple takes like I, I get sucked into the story like I really believe what's going on like I really believe she's trying to seduce her boss and have them have him put a baby in her and stuff like that like I, I'm completely convinced she has the perfect straight line deal <laughs> um so yeah and coming in at my number one I would describe her as like an Alexis Texas with a tighter ass and like not a fucking ugly face. Like Alexis Texas has a humongous ass. She knows how to bounce on that dick, but she doesn't, her face just, she, dude, first of all, she has a massive gap tooth. She looks like she just got out of the trailer park, but coming in at my number one, we have Mia Malkova. First of all, I don't know if she can act or do anything because every video I've ever seen of her, she immediately has a cock in her mouth or a dick in her ass. But <laughs> good God, does she have the perfect face, the perfect body? She has the face of an angel, the ass of, I don't like, she has a Mia Malakova ass, <laughs> like a perfect ass and great tits that I think are real. I'm not sure. The, a lot of these girls in the porn industry do a good job of, of hiding their fake tits. Sometimes you just get those girls like Jesse James. It's like the super fake trashy tits. And like, you just look at her and you're like, damn, this girl's nasty. But some people are into that. Sometimes I'm in a certain mood, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be some, she's, she's my number one. Those are my top five. It's they're subject to change every month. Um, this is something we're going to do every month. Some girls may remain in the top five. We may have some new newcomers. Um, we, I just do want to go over some girls on the bubble. Riley Reed. I was so close to putting Riley Reed in, but she she's very mainstream. And uh, lately, I haven't been really into her. So look for her to possibly appear on the list next next month. And we definitely are going to have some new girls as well. Yeah, Dinger, uh, you really didn't go mainstream on this list. Like there was a few names that I had no clue who you're talking about. Um, Wait, do you not know about Mia Malkova? Malkova? No, I do not know Mia Malkova. Do you know about Adriana Chechnik? No, I don't know Adriana Ch Who are these people? Are you watching porn in freaking Moscow? No, 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 no. These girls... First of all, Adriana Chechnik is like the girl who does like the scenes with like Johnny Sins and his wife and stuff like that. Johnny Sins is the, the hero who is a, who is a firefighter, a police officer... 
a doctor, all while at serving in the military before this. Um, if you had seen that meme, I, I hate to admit that I know who Johnny Sins is over uh, over these two broads that you're talking about, but yeah, I do know Johnny Sins. But yeah, I mean Adriana Chechnik, Albina, Abella Al, Danger, Lisa Ann. I mean, I, I haven't really fucked with Lisa Ann for like 20 years. Um, that's how old she is. And then we have some, we have some like, like I mean, I might have to do a list of just amateurs because there's the La Lola couple um danny daniels like a bunch of like girls that elsa jean like a bunch of like good amateur girls like first of all for lolola i've never seen her face i'm gonna assume she's hot i've only seen her teeth her nose and her body um but yeah but there's definitely like have you heard of have you heard of dylan harper at least um elsa jean lena paul Maybe Lena Paul. Maybe Lena. That name sounds familiar. Kendra Sunderland. You've yes, definitely of heard of course her. I know Kendra Sunderland. She, she's the she's the Oregon State Library girl who got caught for like masturbating on a chat video in the library. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. It seems like you've been doing yeah. your. Uh, you've been watching a lot of film, huh, Dinger? Uh, I've been watching film for the past ten years. So yes, I I know I know a plenty about this industry. But speaking of porn stars and women in general, um, we're gonna we're gonna hop into a new segment we have this week. Um, it's called that, and it, it will be coming on in the future later. And it's called shitty relationship advice. And on this segment of shitty relationship advice, we're gonna talk about gifts to give your significant other, what to give and what not to give. Jack, I heard you got a funny funny story about this. Yeah, um, thank you, Dinger. Uh, I do have a little uh, experience with shitty gifts and relationships and whatnot. Uh, a couple of things. Um, well, when I for my twenty second birthday, a little over a year ago, an ex of mine got me my uh, very own sock subscriptions because she knew that I I like my goofy sock gang. I take very pride in my in my sock swag, and uh, so every month you get a new pair of socks and. I guess she, she might have gotten me a year or whatever, but um, I guess she might have forgotten to um, cancel the subscription after we had ended things. And I'm getting socks to this day. Here I am, 23 years old, single, and I have the best <laughs> socks in the game. <laughs> so, yeah, don't be Hey, your... you can't say she didn't do anything for you. <laughs> for real, for real. I mean, these, these socks are great. They're very comfortable. They're awesome. But uh, one thing you should not do in a relationship is get your significant other a subscription gift. Because you never know when that relationship is going to go south. You never know what's going to happen. You do not want to get yourself into a situation where you're sending this person goodbye gifts, or you're broken up with this person, or she broke up with you, you broke up with her, this, that, with the other, and you're heartbroken, and you're just still getting giving them gifts. Like, you're pissed at this person. You don't like them, but you're giving them gifts. It's the gift that keeps on giving do not be getting yourself uh, subscriptions. Dinger, what do you got? I, I got a few points. This one is more just guys giving gifts to women. Um, first of all, if you don't think it's going to be some, something super serious or super long-term, don't go balls to the wall on the gift. And certainly don't give them something like jewelry because out of nowhere one day, you'll just wake up to everything you ever gave them and everything of yours just sitting in the front yard of yours. And you're stuck with a bunch of useless jewelry that 
you really can't do anything with um, unless you're a pro like me and sell it to one of your boys who then re-gifts it to his girlfriend. Not going to name who Please it is. Y'all will never names. know. But yeah, I mean, unless you're a pro like that where you can resell jewelry that you gave your ex and then have him resell it, have, resell it to him at a very low price and then his girl can can wear it. Obviously, they can't be friends because she might be like, hey, like my ex-boyfriend gave me that. So you started, you sort of got to be careful about who you re-gift it to. Um, but yeah, get them something like like a laptop or like an iPad or something like that or a pair of headphones. Because if they really hate you, they don't want to be watching Netflix on that iPad or listening to those headphones. And next thing you know, it's sitting in your front lawn and you got a new pair of headphones. <laughs> yeah, that's... So yeah, give the gifts, give your significant other gifts that you wouldn't mind having yourself. Yeah. Because if it goes south, hey, at least you get a free present out yeah, of it. Yeah, it's almost like you gave that to yourself with interest, you know, like years later. It's it's got all these like fun games downloaded on it. You got their Netflix, yeah. their Netflix login, and you're set, you know. Like I, honestly, I don't know why I didn't think of that. That that sounds like a great idea. I'm always I'm like almost positive my ex still has my Netflix account because I went on earlier and I had seen that like four seasons of orange of the new black had been watched so hey well are you, are you <laughs> sure you're not an orange is the new black fan digger no i'm i'm I've, I've been hearing how i've been hearing about ozark lately um and i, I feel like i gotta give that that a shot i had to i had to get my netflix password from my dad because i forgot what it was so and of course he forgot the password and i had to text my brother for my mom's password so I'm stuck in a whole Netflix triangle right hey, now. I, I must say I am guilty myself. Um, I still got the Netflix login and uh, I use that shit every day, just about. Um, honestly, yeah. the people in relationships or just friends in general that give out their Netflix login, those are the true heroes. And the true the ones heroes that go in after the relationship is over and change the login information. Those are the fuck bitches. Those are the ones that you got to watch out for. They're the ones that got some deep, dark secrets deep down that they're just repressing, and they got some issues going on upstairs. I would watch out. Yeah. I mean, I was I was talking to this girl for a while. I used her Netflix because, of course, I forgot my password, um, and we were trying to throw something on, you know. And uh, – after things had ended, she had texted me out of nowhere. I was like, oh, damn, like, this girl's trying to get the dick again. But no, she had texted me to inform me that she was canceling her Netflix subscription because she no longer uses it and wanted to give me a courtesy to go get somebody else's password. And I was like, wow, so nice. Like, I would have loved if you were saying, like, can I come over? But, hey, like, a good, uh, good uh, reminder that the Netflix is going to be ending soon and I got to leech off somebody else was good too yeah that that's amazing honestly i haven't heard that one before that's proper etiquette uh friend, yeah or maybe she was just giving me a hint like hey like let's start talking again like bringing up something ra as random as that that was your that was your opportunity to slide back in there dinger what do you how'd you miss that uh i got other things going on so yeah. well that about wraps it up for me tonight dinger you got any final thoughts Hey, that's it for me, guys. All right. Well, thank you guys Peace for listening. Out. This is totally uncalled for. We got a few new segments on the way, and I hope you enjoyed the new ones tonight. 
As always, it's your boy Jack with our co-host, Dinger, K-Mac. Yeah, yeah. With us. Keep it locked, boys. We'll see you next week.